to build, what to build. Oh, come on, Lucy. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... <gasps> I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench. Wrench. Drill. Drill. Great job, Kapow. Great job, Kapow. Oh, no, wait, that's me. Great job, Lucy Wow. Oh, brother. Now all we have to do is turn this thing on. Let the show begin. Oh, hi there. Welcome back to Pflugerville. It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat beaming into your ears all the way from Lucy Wow's barn. You know, being Lucy Wow's sidekick is a lot of fun, but also a lot of work. Every day is a new adventure in building and invention. But luckily, I've mastered the art of the power nap, which means I still have time for projects of my own. Here, check out. Nap. Hmm, I should probably eat another breakfast since I just woke up. I wonder if there are any flip-flops around here. I'd love a flip-flop frittata right about now. Oh, wait, oops, I'm podcasting. Uh, I'll eat later. Now, this podcast is dedicated to my favorite subject, invention. Why is invention my favorite subject? Well, because I am an invention. That's right. Lucy Wow invented me, adding a little kapow to her wow. Which brings us to today's invention, one of my favorite snacks. Bubble wrap. We all love bubble wrap. It keeps your packages safe and then becomes a fun toy after. But let me tell you, it doesn't grow on trees and it doesn't grow in the ocean. Bubble wrap was invented. Let's see how. It all started with two men named Alfred Fielding and Mark Chavon. They were business partners. In the 1950s, the two of them had teamed up to see if Alfred's talent for business could combine with Mark's chemistry expertise to change the world. Their first big idea was a new textured wallpaper, or to say it another way, wallpaper that was interesting to touch. This was a moment in time where a group called the Beat Generation had started creating art that felt and sounded like nothing anyone had ever seen before. Alfred and Mark thought a wallpaper that felt different would be popular among these artists. Okay, let's be honest here. It wasn't a great idea, but hey, it led to a great invention. In order to make their wallpaper, they put two pieces of plastic shower curtain through a heat sealing machine in order to make smooth and slippery wallpaper. But it didn't work. Air seeped into the process and they ended up with wallpaper with air bubbles in it. However, these men were inventors and inventors don't give up in the face of failure. They learned from it. They took this air bubble wallpaper and started using it for different things. In fact, they tried over 400 different uses, none of which were a big hit. But one good thing that did come out of all these tests was a cool name, Bubble Wrap. And trust your friend Kapow, a cool name goes a long way. In the 1960s, after a decade of struggle, the two inventors came up with a new idea to use bubble wrap as a packaging material. This wasn't just a great idea, it was great timing. A computer company called IBM had recently introduced the first mass-made computer and needed a way of protecting the delicate device 
during delivery. When companies opened their IBM orders, they found their new computers in perfect condition thanks to bubble wrap. Ooh. It didn't take long for companies to realize if bubble wrap could protect the computer in the mail, it could protect anything. The rest, as they say, is history. Companies quickly embraced the new technology. To them, bubble wrap was a game changer. Previously, the best way to protect an item during shipping was to surround it with balled up newspaper, which was messy since ink from the old newspapers rubbed off on the product and those handling it. Plus, it didn't really offer that much protection. Bubble wrap had arrived, but it wasn't finished. The product evolved into different shapes, sizes, strengths, and thicknesses for even more uses. Big and little bubbles, wide and short sheets, large and short rolls. They even expanded the brand into the swimming pool industry. For several years, bubble wrap pool covers were extremely popular. With large air pockets, the covers helped trap solar rays and retain heat, so pool water remained warm. Although, these bubbles weren't poppable. Which brings us to an important part we left out of the story. The popping! The story goes that Alfred's son, Howard, was the first popper in history. He was a young child when his dad brought home an early bubble wrap sample. Howard carefully cradled his father's invention. Then, as he fingered the funny-feeling film, an urge grew inside him. And before his father could stop him, he pushed. Not satisfied, he did it again, and again, and again! And thanks to Alfred and Mark's choice to keep going in the face of over 400 failures, the world is still popping today. Oh, hi there! Welcome back to Pflugerville! It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, beaming into your ears all the way from Lucy Wow's barn. You know, being Lucy Wow's sidekick is a lot of fun but also a lot of work. Every day is a new adventure in building and invention. But luckily, I've mastered the art of the power nap, which means I still have time for projects of my own, like Kapow Brows. These are stickers that you put over your eyebrows that give you pygmy goat eyebrows. After all, everyone knows pygmy goats have the best brows in the game. Pretty smart, right? Another side project I'm passionate about is this podcast dedicated to my favorite subject, invention. Why is invention my favorite subject? Well, because I am an invention. That's right. Lucy Wow invented me, and I invented Kapow Brows. Now, today's invention... Oh, sorry. Power nap. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, right! Today's invention. Do you like a squeeze of hot sauce on your flip-flop burrito? A squeeze of shampoo on your pasta salad? Of course you do! Everything is better with a squeeze flavor, but I got news for you all. The squeeze bottle didn't just fall from the sky like rain. It was invented! Paul Brown is a name you might not have ever heard of before, but... You use his squeeze bottle every day, I bet. The little valve he invented is what allows you to squeeze out ketchup rather than waiting for it to drip out of a glass bottle. Simple, right? Wrong! It took over 111 prototypes, several maxed out credit cards, and begging his mom and friends for money before he got a squeeze of success. Ooh. 
Like all good inventions, Paul's squeeze bottle is a tribute to stick-tuitiveness. Too bad you can't bottle that up. Paul Brown was the owner of a precision molding company where he built products for all sorts of companies. Every day when he got home, he would dream about inventing something new, something of his own, something that he would never have seen before. One day, this dream turned into an idea. What if he could invent a plastic bottle that would open when squeezed and close when you stopped squeezing? You see, in the 1980s, squeeze bottles were just plastic bottles with a hole on top. If they fell over, they would pour everything out on the table or in the fridge or in the shower. Paul knew it was a good idea, but as all inventors know, you need more than a good idea. You need determination. Luckily, Paul had plenty of determination to go around. He teamed up with a computer expert named Tim Sosier, and the two of them got to work, failing. They failed and failed, trying over 100 different designs that didn't work. But each man kept motivating the other until they came up with a silicone valve shaped like dome with an opening that looked like the letter X. The pedal-like flaps of the X opened when the bottle was squeezed. Once the person stopped squeezing, the flaps closed and the substance inside the bottle stayed there. They couldn't believe it! They had invented the perfect squeeze bottle. But would anyone care? You bet they did! Only a few years later, sauce came calling! Soon their squeeze bottle was putting ketchup on hot dogs and mustard on gym sock sandwiches! Today, it's estimated that around 75% of Heinz tomato ketchup is sold in plastic squeeze bottles. Ah. That's a lot of hot dogs, my goats! But the kitchen wasn't the only use for this invention. In the form of shampoo and soap, it made it to the shower! In the form of glue, it made it into the workshop. And then, still not done traveling, Paul's squeeze bottle went to space! That's right! NASA used Paul's valve to create leak-proof cups for their astronauts to use in zero gravity. For the first time ever, astronauts were drinking without spilling. This sippy cup technology came crashing back down to Earth and found its way into baby stores around the world. There are a lot of big problems in the world, and it can be overwhelming to try to fix them all when you're just one person or goat without a lab or a bunch of funding. But don't lose hope. Start small. Look at all the little problems around you and see what you can change. Little fixes can have big impacts on the world and beyond. Who knows? Your idea might travel to the moon and back if you stick to it. Hello, one and all, it's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, coming to you live from Lucy Wow's barn in Pflugerville. Now, you may know me best as Lucy Wow's sidekick, or perhaps you know me as the inventor of goat boats, the only boats that truly smell like a pygmy goat. <laughs> but today I won't be boating, I'll be hosting as we discuss my favorite subject, invention. Now, you may be thinking, why does Kapow love inventions so much? Well, my friends, I'll tell you why. I love invention because I was invented. That's right. Every inch of me from my body made of tools to my butt that plays music like a boombox was invented by Lucy Wow. How could I not love invention when I am one? Inventions are everywhere and so are inventors. In fact, you might be an inventor yourself and not even know it. Anyone from anywhere can be an inventor. All you need to get started is the ability to look at the world and say, what if? And no one asks this question more often than today's inventor. 
Jim Henson. Jim was born in 1936 in Mississippi. TV was a new invention back then, and the arrival of his family's first television was one of the biggest events of Jim's childhood. Jim loved to watch TV, especially the shows that had puppets. Jim loved puppet TV shows so much that while he was in high school, he started to wonder, what if I made a puppet for TV? And so he did. He started creating puppets for a children's show called The Junior Morning Show. Jim loved working on this show so much that he started to wonder, what if I created my own puppet show? And so he did. He created Salmon Friends, a five-minute puppet show for the local TV station. Now, the show may have only been five minutes long, but thanks to Jim's talents, it was ahead of its time. Jim invented techniques that made his TV puppets more real. He used flexible fabric-covered foam rubber to build his puppets, and this let them express a wider array of emotions than normal puppets that were made of wood. Jim had also started studying marionettes, which are dolls that are moved around with wires from above, unlike puppets that are moved from the inside. Jim blended puppets with marionettes, allowing for greater control of movement of his creations. By combining the two, he had invented something totally new, and he realized he'd better name it. He combined the two words, puppets and marionettes, and he came up with Muppets. Now that they had a name, Jim wondered, what if my Muppets could speak more realistically? You see, up until then, puppets mostly used random mouth movements, so Jim developed new techniques that allowed Muppet mouth movement to match the dialogue. With all these new inventions and innovations, Muppets were unlike anything anyone had seen before. One of these Muppets, a frog named Kermit, who Jim did the voice for, ended up staying with him for the rest of his life. These Muppets were so cool that Jim and Kermit were getting invited to all sorts of shows. Jim was also asked if his Muppets could star in a commercial. Now, back then, commercial makers believed that being serious was the best way to sell things. But Jim wondered, what if a commercial was funny? And so, the Muppets started appearing in the funniest commercials anyone had ever seen. And people loved them. Jim couldn't make them fast enough. Soon, the Muppets were in more than 300 ads across every channel. The Muppets had become so popular that it was too much work for Jim to do alone. So, in 1963, Jim started the company Muppets Inc. and hired a puppet performer named Frank Oz to help him. It was around this time that Jim wondered, what if I made a movie? Muppets Inc. first short film, Timepiece, was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Live Action Short Film. Wow! But just because they were winning Oscars, the Muppets didn't stop starring in commercials. They even did one for Frito-Lay, which featured an early version of Cookie Monster. Nom, 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 nom. In 1969, the Children's Television Workshop were so impressed by the quality and creativity of Muppets, Inc. that they asked them to join them for their TV show, Sesame Street, a show that had just started. Jim's answer was simple. What if we gave it a try? Soon, Kermit, Grover, Bert and Ernie, Cookie Monster, Oscar the Grouch, and Big Bird were the stars of a TV show and talking to kids across the world. Next, Jim wondered, what if we did a puppet show for grown-ups? So Muppets, Inc. started working with another new show called Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live was a hit, but the Muppets were such big stars that they got their own show, The Muppet Show. The Muppet Show featured Kermit as a host and a variety of other characters, notably Miss Piggy, Gonzo the Great, and Fozzie Bear, along with other characters such as Animal. 
The show was such a big hit that Jim wondered, what if we did a Muppet movie? The Muppet movie came out in 1979. It was both a critical and financial success. In the movie, Jim, as Kermit, sang The Rainbow Connection, and it hit number 25 on the Billboard charts and was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song. The Muppets were now movie stars and TV stars. The new Muppet babies were cartoon stars. Everything the Muppets did was a success. And all of his success caught the attention of the maker of Star Wars. The Star Wars team asked Muppet Inc., what if you helped us create a character named Yoda? It turned out Jim Henson's Muppets were destined to be stars in a galaxy far, far away. Jim Henson always asked, what if? What if Muppets could work better? What if commercials could be funnier? What if kids' entertainment could be better? What if Muppets could star in a movie? What if? It's a simple question. But what if a simple question is all you need to change the world? Well, folks, we've come to the end of another Kapow's Power of Invention podcast. Come back tomorrow when I'll be covering more inventors and inventions. And while you're waiting, you do realize there are just a slew of shows that take place in Pflugerville, right? It's true! There's Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn, inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat kapow. Hey, that's me! Lucy goes big, and then she goes bigger! Oh, and if you like strange and spooky stories, you should check out R.L. Stein's Story Club. That's a real winner! I'm in the club, so I get to hear all the stories. And you can too! Keep on the lights, folks! Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, or R.L. Stein's Story Club, wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find your way. I get a lot of excitement as Lucy Wow's sidekick. Sometimes it overwhelms me and I just, well, you know, faint. Well, today I got the most exciting news and I, and I, oh, easy kapow, deep breaths, don't faint. I'm on a t-shirt and a hoodie and a sticker and God, I'm famous. The most famous mechanical pygmy goats ever live! Go to gokidgo.com and check me out! Lucy Wow merchandise is now available, and you know you need more Kapow in your life! Until next time, this is Kapow signing off! Go Kid Go! Go Kid Go! 